call the dish that's fit to air. Cindy Adams is on 77 WABC. Now that I've had a quickie station break, I am now right back with Ray Kelly, who was New York City's A number one, longtime great, tough, best, smartest police commissioner we ever had. He began in 1963, and he is the longest serving commissioner in the history of the New York City police. The history of New York is great police commissioners. In 1895, before becoming president, Theodore Roosevelt was our police commissioner. Listen, Ray, can you tell us what you would do if you were police commissioner now? Uh, well, Cindy, thank you for for having me. Obviously, uh, the world has changed uh, since I was a police commissioner, but I wrote an uh, article on Thursday in the Post, and I mentioned three tactics that I think could make a difference. Are they panaceas? No. Are they going to turn New York upside down and make it the safest big city in America again? No, they're not. But I think these three things can be significant and make New York uh, much safer than it is now. And this is what I, I said. I said that I would restore the plainclothes anti-crime units to patrol. Now, each precinct had them. They are the precinct commander's most effective tool in fighting street crime. Now, what Mayor Adams has done is put a, a, a sort of a semblance of this in place, but they're wearing a modified uniform. And I think the the benefit of the anti-crime officers is that uh, you wouldn't see them in a crowd. They can blend. They can do surveillance. They can do long-term uh, observations if, if needed. Now, this function has been in the NYPD for five decades, yet the last administration, for unknown reasons, eliminated them. Well, what, wait, 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 wait. What are the unknown reasons before you go further? I, what, what are the unknown they're reasons? They're unknown. They're yeah, unknown but you know, you know this, everything. This was, this was in the aftermath of George Floyd. Uh, oh, so okay. I think they, they were very leery about having another uh, encounter or controversial encounter with the police officers. So they eliminated it. But, uh, you know, that is long past now. We have to, in my judgment, get them back uh, back on the street. Now, the other issue I, I mentioned was the stop, question, and frisk. It is a perfectly legal, perfectly legitimate function for police officers to, uh, to carry out. It's a, supported by a Supreme Court case, Terry versus Ohio. Yeah. It is codified. It is written in the criminal procedure law of New York State. Now, these, this practice has not totally been eliminated, but it's made very difficult and very, very ponderous uh, for police officers to implement. And that's because the use of it is being discouraged. Now, there are only about 1,000 a month now, but it, it, that's way short of what you would think police officers should be doing. Because when they see or when they have reasonable suspicion to think that a crime is about to take place, it is taking place, or has taken place, they can stop an individual in the street. They can ask some questions. That person does not have to respond. 
but they can pat down this person for their own protection. This is not a search. This is a, a, a pat down and strictly for uh, the officer's well-being. Uh, at one time, we had almost 600,000 under the Bloomberg administration. People thought that was an outrageous number. The fact of the matter is it amounted to uh, less than one stop a week for a patrol officer and less than one pat down uh, every week for a uh, – every two weeks, I should say, for a, for a patrol officer. This is a tool that should be in every police officer's toolbox. You see something suspicious, we want them to, to intervene, to, to ask questions at least. And apparently that's, that's been reduced significantly. And the, the third thing that other people are certainly talking about, but that is to intensify subway patrol. We had concerns about the trans, transit system in the 90s. Now, this was before it was merged, the police, transit police officers merged in with the NYPD. And I think it was about 1995, uh, Mayor Giuliani did that. But we have to increase the presence of police officers, make sure they're visible in the system, because people are afraid to go into the subway system these days. But Ray, but Ray, but Ray, but Ray, it's a diminished police department as it is. How are you going to get more police to come into the department when they don't want to do the job anymore? Oh, well, that's another question. uh, You're talking about uh, recruitment, and I think there are very uh, severe recruitment challenges. Uh, People don't want to become police officers anymore. Uh, It's very difficult to recruit. The department wanted to put in a class of 1,000 recruits not too long ago. They could only hire 600, so they were 400 short. But what I'm talking about now is to redeploy existing officers. Yeah. Use overtime. They, the city is a washing money now. You know, we had COVID money. Washington has shoved uh, fifteen billion dollars onto uh, onto New York City. So it's not a question of money; it's a question of deployment. And unless the subway comes back, uh, we're not going to recover from the pandemic. We have to populate Midtown Manhattan. Got to get people back into those restaurants. People. Uh, obviously, back in offices, we know the world has changed. Some people are going to be working from home, uh, and some are going to be coming in the offices. But we want to uh, make certain that those people who do come in feel as safe as they possibly can. And right now, that's not the case. What is a way? Yes. I know about the police, but what is a way for a shopkeeper to protect his, hers own shop? People are breaking in and taking things everywhere. We're scared to go into a store. A friend of mine was walking on the street. She was being followed. She ducked into a store, and the guy behind her said, we'll catch you the next time. How do you protect storekeepers? Well, it's, it's difficult these days, no question about it. Robberies and uh, grand larcenies and grand larceny autos uh, up about 50% in this city. And, and that that is true in the Upper East Side neighborhood and in Midtown, where the tourists come. So there's no easy answer to that. I think you have to be vigilant. You have to watch yourself at 
all time. You have to go where there are other people as far as store owners are concerned. More and more, you see them with um, you know buzzers, buzzing people in. You see little queues waiting in front of yeah, in front of yeah, stores, yeah. so they're let, letting people um, uh, come in. You know, again, there's no no easy answer. It's tough, tough doing business right now in New York City. And I know because they're telling me, I know the level of anxiety that uh, exists out there. And really, it, the police department is uh, you know. It, in a difficult time. Yes, they have uh, some real recruiting uh, issues. And I'm concerned that they may lower the standards. Uh, lower it? How can you lower it from what it is now? Well, you can do certain things. But, uh, you know, I'm just concerned that that may, may happen just to, to fill a number. And I think that would, that would also be a, a big mistake. So it's, it's a difficult time. And I, I wish I had a lot of easy answers, but uh, we don't have them. But listen, what about, would there not be such a thing as captains on each street, like people who live in the district? Can they not assign a captain to a street, people who live there, a, a resident? He, he's in charge of his street. Are you talking about civilians? Civilian yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've had that in the past. We had the block watcher program. And we had people who registered with the police, and they were given a special telephone number. If they saw something going on, you know, they could immediately contact the police. We had that in the 80s and 90s. I think it had, uh, you know, a mixed effect, but it did have, it did bring people sort of on the team. You know, they they had the feeling that they were better protecting the neighborhood and that they had a uh, a good relationship with the, the police. And that might be something that should be. Yeah, Listen, I know it's difficult. We all know it's difficult, but we cannot continue like this. And if we don't have a Ray Kelly, I don't know. Whoever is supposed to be the police commissioner right now is in hiding. So we haven't seen her. Nobody talks to her. She doesn't make any speeches because this idiot mayor that we have now wants all the time in front of a camera. So there has to be somebody smart enough to come up with some ideas. That's all I can say. I just don't understand. I just don't understand what is going to happen to my city. Well, it's in the mayor's hand. Uh, you're right. We don't see the police commissioner. The mayor obviously looks like he wants to be the police commissioner. And if you're looking for someone to come in from the outside, it's going to be someone who's appointed by the mayor. So, you know, we put the power in his hand. And, uh, so far, uh, we see crime at uh, you know a, a significant. Uh, we see it being significant above what it was the last two years. Don't forget, in 2020, with the death of George Floyd, uh, shootings in New York City went up 100 percent. In 2021, they went up 70 percent above that. Now they're down somewhat this year, but as I said before, the the robberies, the, the assaults, the uh, purse snatches, the chain snatches, they've all gone up roughly yeah, 50%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's a big concern. And it is in the, you know, the, the neighborhoods where you traditionally didn't see that, that kind of crime. Well, would anybody here in this industry, this, this imbecile that we have in the mayor, would anybody ask for your opinion? Certainly, you know, 
you had a calm city. Has anybody reached out to you for your opinion? No, no. But uh, I mean, that's the way administrations are. You know, they they never want to do what the the last administration did. Uh, they want to solve all the problems on their own. It's, and that's just not this administration. Many administrations. Okay. So, uh, and I think this is the way it's going to be for a while, unfortunately. Okay. I, I, I read your article in the New York Post. It was wonderful. It was exactly to the point. I am so grateful that you came on the air. We love you, Ray Kelly. We'd like to have you back, honey. Uh, thank you, Cindy. You're terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, Ray. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.